Cassidy now. You don't want to get him upset. Throws thunder, Sam Cassidy. Definitely blood from the mouth. He's a big boy though. Swinging left from Cassidy. Welcome to Striker Chat, bringing you the characters of Australian Muay Thai with your hosts, Nak Moy, Sam Cassidy, and not so Nak Moy, Old Man Boone. That's a tough cookie though. He's taking all of what Panda Banks is throwing at him right now. Oh, oh. good right hand there from Cassidy. Hey, we're back for episode three. Episode three, mate. Jesus, episode fucking three, man. That's that's, that's is this three the weeks. Phantom Menace? Is that what this one is? Or that, yeah, this is the Phantom. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on, so hold on, Phantom Menace. So what was the second one? Is that with um Darth Vader? Is that, is that, oh, anyway, <laughs> fuck it. Don't worry about fucking Phantom Menace. <laughs> always the um, number three is always the best one. I'm I'm, I'm guessing. And they say that, you know, all good things come in threes. All good things. Or is it all bad things happen in threes? I, think it's, I think it's all bad things <laughs> happen in threes when you get fucking um, uh, dumped on. And well, so far we're, we're getting some good reviews and a bit of, uh, you know, the analytics of the things are coming through nice. Everyone's enjoying the show. Getting, yeah. getting a few messages saying that, you know, and especially the last one with Donnie went really well. Yes. Good to good to get to know the old well, man. Yeah, mate, it's basically it was just three mates just talking, shooting the breeze. That's pretty much. I wish all we could have had a beer as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been good. Probably would have gone on for too long though. I know, I know, mate. <laughs> so how's your week been anyway, bro? Yeah, what mate, just doing? same old. You know, like still, obviously we're in lockdown, so there's the, the difficulty of that. That's yeah. starting to weigh on, weigh on everyone again. Talks of more extreme measures and things like that, but that's. What that's, it is, that's, that's what life, is. unfortunately. We, we, but roll, we roll with the punches. Like I said, we got a few listeners from overseas, so just for them to understand what we're going through. It's, mm. you know, we're, we're in, the, like I said, touching on the legal basis. We can train our pro fighters and all that stuff, so that's yeah. good. But as far as the everyday Joe, who you know loves Muay Thai and just wants to come in after their week and vent a bit of frustration, hit some pads and learn some Muay Thai, it's, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not, not available for them at the moment. But so. we can do those in the park though, can't we? I mean, can you still do PTs in the park or is that out yes. of the question now? Is yeah, it? but <laughs> Melbourne's weather is about as predictable <laughs> as fucking COVID, you know what I mean? You don't know what's going to happen. So. Oh, fucking oath, man. <laughs> oh. And yourself, mate, how'd you go during the week? Um, like I, I got balls deep in fucking <laughs> watching Australian Muay Thai fights. <laughs> You know when you get into that rabbit hole of uh, YouTube and yeah. you go one fight after the other fight after another fight and well, I was watching I started watching your fights and then I got into Tiff Lamb fights and I went through started going through the um, uh, the super fight um, stable started watching their fighters and then went the old school the old dominance and um, back in WA and most yeah, of the yeah. rebellion stuff and back into the, the hometown back into your hometown and watching all the boys at least there. you went down the right so you know sometimes yeah. you end up in those YouTube videos you end up watching an Indian bloke build a house out of clay for <laughs> seven hours you know but I've been there before my friend <laughs> I've been there before and so what any anything in particular standing out in those fights that you're watching like was a like obviously last week we touched on the basis of who the more dominant states in the yeah, look, in Australia are. I just want to, man. I, I just want to get on my WA high horse here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you guys, forget, mate. You live in Melbourne now. I buddy. know, I know. <laughs> look, when I go back home, people people call me bloody a Melbourne, not a Victorian. Yeah, yeah. But when I'm here, I'm a West Australian. I don't know what the fuck I am. Mate. Oh, well, that's like <laughs> me. Every time I go back to New Zealand, you know, you know oh, Aussie. You know, I'm here. I'm trying to pretend to be mm. trying to be from New Zealand, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> home I'm is not, where the heart is, mate. mate. I'm just gonna say, mate. Look, we didn't touch on the pit. Look, I didn't. I didn't talk about the pit enough. But in, in my opinion, I think the pit is the best gym in Australia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, like Donnie you know? said, it. I, mm. um, WA is definitely the best state. Yeah. Um, 
breeding grounds of Pitt Scott. Yeah, it's it's right up there. Oh no, and you, you got the likes. Obviously, you got your personal favourites and stuff. Oh in there, no, you know I've got my mate Blair, his yeah. son Toby. You know, you got Stefan, you got Roy, obviously Roy. Yeah. You got you got Sam and Clint, the pad holders, the coaches out there. Yeah. You know, Kian's coming through the Burmese warrior, um, Mu, <laughs> Leo, and obviously the big the big Viking. Oh yeah, big Al Husk. Yeah. Big Al Husk, mate. That guy, mate. I was watching him. Look, he's coming up for a fight. Isn't he this this weekend on the yeah twenty eighth of yeah. August? He's fighting. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, sorry, I've gone blank. Uh, Jono from Darwin. Yeah, Jono used to be down in down here in Melbourne. I think El is going to be too strong for him because he's just an Dude, absolute freak. He, he's <laughs> he's always in training camp. He's never outside of training camp. He's even more he's even more fucking um, freakier than Blake when it comes to fitness. El might be one of the only people in the world that has to tone it down when he goes into a fight camp. You see him out running sand dunes, and, and I remember when the <laughs> I was over in Thailand and the lockdowns first hit in Australia last year. Yeah, no, he right, used to yeah. have a sled and he'd run up and down his street in the sled, and I could just picture him. And like, he's one of those people. If he's training, that's that's it. He's training, bro. He doesn't mm. like nothing else in the world matters. He'd be running up and down this fucking street, screaming, grunting with like a hundred kilos on the sled. Yeah, in the middle of the street, you know. And I'm thinking, fuck, his his neighbours must think he's off his fucking head. <laughs> have you seen his back? <laughs> have you seen his backyard? His backyard gym. Yeah, he's got it's a better gym than half the gyms. It's full on, mate. Yeah, it's full on. Um, but then um, I was just cleaning up my computer, and then I found a file called the pit. Yeah. And I, and that just sparked memory, man. I remember I was back home, uh, back home in August. For, doing, um, back home in August. Back home in Easter. Visiting family, yeah. I uh, went to the gym because I was training there during the summer, um, and I interviewed. I interviewed bloody Roy. Yeah, this is going back. I don't know, fucking March. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think it might have been about, about, about three lockdowns ago. No, yeah, I don't know about twenty lockdowns. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he was. Um, he was a. Uh, um, it was about week a week out of his last fight. Yeah, and but he had to go and I think they had a snap lockdown before his last fight as well. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember the logistics of that because I think he had a, a an opponent set up, but then he ended up fighting somebody different. Is that or did he I'm end up with the same opponent? I you know what? We should play the um play Roy's interview. Yeah, we'll play Roy's interview, and then after that, we'll give him a bell, eh? and we'll get on to him and, and then see yeah, what's happening and see what's happening post post interview. Um, so I started Muay Thai when I was in kindergarten, which is like, uh, it's like preschool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was about five or six at the time. Yeah, I think I think you're five when you go pre uh, kindergarten. But yeah, I basically what happened was instead of you know doing Oz kick, which most of the kids there were kind of you know most Aussie kids do. Yeah, yeah. So instead of doing that, um, I was best mates with Toby, and my yeah Toby Smith. Yeah, the weapon, the weapon, the weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was best mates with him. Um, my parents met Blair, um, and you know Blair said to them, "Oh." Well, Yeah, yeah, we both went to Mundijong Primary School. Okay, yeah. So, uh, and Mundijong Kindergarten, which is where we met. Um, and yeah, Blair just said to my parents, oh, why don't you bring Roy down? Um, At the time, did he have, because um, now I see a TV and the, and the pit, there's a lot of, there's, there's massive pit photos. Yeah. Did he have the stuff he took Toby down back then? 
Oh, not really, nah. It was very, uh, from what I remember, it was like a lot like more loose, loosely structured. So Blair trained fighters only for a very long time. Um, You know, when I first started, it was like Blair was training in like a a rented old church in Jarrodale. Had like wooden floors, like just big open space. He, He had a home gym. Yeah, but it was just before that is when I first started. I remember like wooden floors and basically, I, uh, from what I remember, he got one of his mates, Freya, who had fought before, got him... Yeah, Freya, yeah. He basically just kind of showed Toby and I the ropes, you know, showed us what to do. Toby already knew a bit just because of, you know, living with Blair and... Yeah, um, but, you know, like, I remember being, like, five, six years old, kicking, like, a car tyre, like shin conditioning which is what the adults were doing so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 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 I know look I, I I'm so happy I did it you know I ended up doing it for about five or six years when I was young uh, with Toby yeah, let's say that, around that, 5 to 10, um, and I had heaps of demonstration bouts with Toby, you know, like, which were pretty much fights, you know, we we put pads on and stuff and just went for it, yeah, little, little kids, man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and back then we were the same size, I remember training being a lot of fun, you know, and the main reason back then that I trained was, you know, like, I didn't go... You know, I didn't really know what was going on. I just liked hanging out with my mate, yeah, doing course. something fun, learning, learning, yeah, le- learning a, a cool combat skill like in the movies. You know, yeah, yeah thinking I was a little ninja. I'm, you know, I was aware of like the the kind of sport, and I was aware of the community. You know, that the pit had at that time. Yeah. You know, it was Blair, good mates doing it all fighting together, like real tight knit family. Um, I didn't realise uh, how tight knit at the time, um, but you know which I do now. Yeah. But yeah, back then I was just kind of me and Toby, man, and and it wasn't just me and Toby. Like we had we had mates from like primary school that we went to come like yeah for for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 To the to the kind of most basic level, which is I I don't like it's still a little bit too long ago for me to remember the specifics, but f- you know from for me I always just knew how to do it, yeah. but at one point I don't think it was Blair because he was fight training himself yeah. when I started, but you know who. It, Freya, free. I remember Freya teaching us a lot how to throw kicks, hooks, punches, all that stuff. So, yeah, he is. Yeah. 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 Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that crew. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try something else. I actually did karate for a little bit, uh, but didn't really like that. And I, I tried heaps of, you know, different sports, basketball and all that. But I played football, AFL, for probably five-ish years. I was all right, yeah, I... Um, on the smaller side, but I was quick and and I was like I like you know good at tackling, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, high contact, yeah. I got selected for the uh, South Rio development squad, um, yeah, which was I think it was like the under 16s development squad, but I got cut from that just and I do think it was because of my size, even back then, could have been man. Yeah, yeah. I um I remember getting my report card for like why what I need to improve on to try again the year, the next year and that. And I remember reading it and being like, like they've got someone else, man. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it was like um needed to communicate with teammates more. But I remembered like a week before that, like getting getting pat on the back for introducing myself to all the other people that I didn't know. So it was like things like that. I was like ah. I was like, man, tell me the real reason that you cut me. Like, I don't really care. As a kid, you've got to think. I mean, that's the thing. You've got to be honest with people straight up. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I think if you, if you go further, yeah. just being honest. Yeah. You know, it's one of my life philosophies right there, you know. Like, <laughs> helps. It's, it's better in the long run, you know. Yeah, kind of. So after that, I, ha I think I had a year, about a year off kind of doing nothing. Um, I actually picked up playing the drums. I was playing, I was in a band with a couple of high school mates and that. Yeah, yeah, which was real fun. Yeah, yeah. But I ended up putting a little bit of weight on and then... <laughs> I have 53, man. <laughs> nah, I got up to about 76, but I was a lot shorter than I am now. Like, I was still a boy. Um had really long hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, and it was like, not, you know, I wasn't tall or anything, so, yeah. it's kind of like, little chunky boy, but, went to Muay Thai when I was 15, and then had my first fight when I was 16 again. Yeah, yeah. Just reconnected with like, Toby and Blair, who, I was always still, I was still close with Toby the whole time, yeah. but because they were such a big part of my youth, you know, real youth, yeah. um, it, it just made it so easy to come back. Yeah. You know, like it didn't, when I came back, man, and obviously I already knew all the skills. Honestly, man, a month in, lost a bit of weight and then just kept training with all the guys that were fighting at the time. And then, yeah, so I was fully padded my first fight. So I had headgear, yeah, headgear, elbow pads. Yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of pros and cons to it, you know what I mean? So. Um, but yeah, we had the, uh, had my first fight fully padded and then basically every fight after that, it was, uh, it was an official fight uh, when it, yeah, it went on my record, but it was at, it was just at a gym, like a gym kind of had a fight day just in their shared gym. It was a win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I won my first nine, so. First nine? Oh, no, 11. 11? Le- yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I did go on a bit of a tear. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, it did help a lot, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So it's 12 now. Yep. And I've had 65 fights. Yeah, uh, 49 wins, 16 loss. 16 yeah, I've got to get that 50th win. <laughs> I've, I've got this weird OCD, I, lo- I like finishing on even numbers. So. <laughs> yeah, I might go to a, just some like bar show and patio when the <laughs> border's open. <up. laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so I fought for belts uh, five times yeah. and won them all. Mm-hmm. Um, so WKN. Yeah, yeah. So three-time WKN state champ, which was. Yep. Uh, so that's. Ba- yep. Uh, back in the day. Uh, that was one of the biggest sanctioning bodies. Domination used to push it a lot, so it, yeah. it's World Kickboxing Network. They were massive in Europe for a long, for a while, a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. Uh, we had a guy here. I, I don't know if he still lives here. Parviz Iskenderov. He used to f- he used to fight here. Actually, he's fought in WA a few times. Yeah. He was like the representative for WKN, and he brought it to Domination here. Yeah. Um, you know, Blair Smith's promotion. Yeah. Um, and, you know, John Wayne Parr fought for a WKN world title. Yeah, you know, um, on domination. Um, so, you know, back in the day, I'm talking eight, eight nine years ago, it was a... Yeah, so my first state title fight was a WKN state title. I think it was 61 kilo or 61.2 or something because officially they're in pounds. Um, yeah, so I won three of those. I won a four-man eliminator uh, WMC state title WMC belt. Council. Council. Yep. And, you know, WMC. They're more well-known. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the reason that the people might consider it more prestigious is because, you know, yeah, you got big names fighting for it. The bigger network around the world kind of thing um so yeah there was there was a state eliminator title for that basically the four best in the state at 63 and a half oh, i think 64 it was i think and yeah i won that tournament yeah. and then i fought I, I fought for a uh commonwealth title back in the day that was, that yeah it was yeah yeah it was yeah yeah i had to fight in a uh, german a uh, german for that belt so Ah, uh, yeah, WA. Yeah, it was on one of the old Nemesis shows that Pat Tal- Talbot and Bill Seth used to promote. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, they were awesome shows. So. Yeah. yeah, there always has been, man. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I um, that's why I attribute to Perth being so strong yeah. in Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you know we are a tight knit community, but we're also always competing and pushing each other. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. We're making each other better. It's why Thailand is so good because, you know, you get the top level tire fighters, man, the top 10. They've all fought each other three plus times each. So that's a fucking pretty illustrious fucking title to win. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been fun. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, man, there's been so many. There's been so many. Uh, I, I, if I had to narrow it down, probably the highest quality opponents I fought. Um, I fought Dane Daddy Cool back in the day, who you know, he's a, a very renowned Australian fighter. Yeah, yeah. So I think he was up around the sixty mark when I fought him, and I'd had. 30-ish. Yeah, well, when I first started, he was smashing people on Evolution, um, which was the biggest promotion in Australia at the time. Uh, Nugget used to run it in Queensland. Um, And, yeah, watching Daddy Cool just, you know, annihilate people on that. He was known for his strong, walk-forward kind of tenacious style, which is basically what the pit's known for. Um, so yeah, when I got to fight him, it was such a honor, but also a, such a test for me, you know, um, I always thought going into that fight, like, I don't, I think one of us is probably going to go down. I, I, I hadn't had that many knockouts in my career yet. Um, and I'd never been dropped, but I remember when I fought him, he landed like a one, two, just a jab cross, just on my guard, round one, testing the water kind of thing. I remember he feeling it and being like, fuck. I don't know, I want to get hit by that, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, fortunately for me, I, I landed a big elbow in round two and that was it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably another couple I fought were, uh fought Nartsark, which was, uh, yeah, Ty. And he was probably the hardest hitting person I've ever fought. He was a southpaw, so he was left-handed. Uh, gave me my first eight count. Um, oh, not fun, bro. No. Yeah, so basically, the best way I, I can explain it is like getting a quick electric shock. Yeah, just a quick jolt. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you're a bit like you'll come to and you're still on your feet and you're like, bit wobbly and you're like fucking all right here we go gather yourself other times you might not come to for a few seconds you know but luckily for me he landed a head kick and it kind of wobbled me on my feet enough for the ref to jump in and kind of give me an eight count Uh, and then i you know from that i kind of knew i gotta knock him out so i went forward forward and he landed a wicked left kick which actually gave him probably my worst injury i've ever had which was uh it tore the intercostal muscles of my rib yeah. off the bone. Yeah, so that was like six-month kind of yeah. just uh, training lightly and that after that. So 
but yeah, he that that Nartsark man, he he hit so hard, and he was just yeah. Nah, nah, I lost that one. <laughs> uh, I'd, I would have loved to come back and knock him out, but yeah, yeah the damage he did to me in that fight. There would there was another fight after that because it was an eight le- eight oh, man yeah, eliminator, yeah. and um, I, I don't think I would have been able to continue even if I did win. So. Yeah. Eight man, yeah, eight man tournament. That's three fights to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love them, man. I've I've actually, I actually think that they're such a good test of, like, obviously every fight is a test of your character and you know how hard you want to really push, how hard you really want to win. But I really think that a an an eliminator, of even just a four man eliminator pushes that kind of uh, concept to its extreme, yeah. which I really, really enjoy. It adds like a wild card into the fights where uh, it's like, okay, someone might be better yeah. than the other guy, but old mate, the the, be- the guy that's better might have had a really hard first fight, yeah. and all of a sudden, the two guys are equal. Yeah, I love that. I love that uh, aspect of a tournament, so... Yeah, so even if you have a hard fight, your style still dictates a lot of what gets landed. So even if you have a really hard fight and your opponent knocks the guy out in round one, it doesn't automatically mean that they're going to win now. Yeah, it it still comes down because you get a lot. You get, you get enough time to recover in between, and if you usually about three or four fights, which is quite a lot. You know, it can be up to an hour if they don't. <laughs> All you got to do is ice your legs, yeah. start warming up again at the appropriate time. Yeah, don't don't let your adrenaline dump, you know, because after a win, your your adrenaline spikes, and you're like, fuck yeah, all right. Let it's really just getting a grasp of the situation mentally, and just going, nope, nope, don't let yourself get to that elated height of winning a fight yet. Your work's not done. You, you don't get to celebrate until you win both fights. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, really being able to grasp the situation and controlling your emotion in that situation, um, which is another reason why I love tournaments because you can get a guy that wins his first fight and he goes ballistic, he's fucked for the second fight, you know, because he's, yeah, because he's celebrating and all this and then all of a sudden he's got no energy because the adrenaline has such an adverse effect on you after it dumps. Yeah. It's like a sugar low. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Ju- yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%, man. So, the easily the, the probably the best fighter I've fought, I feel, is uh, Tum, Sid Yutong. I've won every single rematch that I've ever had, except for Tum. I fought him twice and lost both. <laughs> yeah. It was in Australia, yeah. So he was training, you know, training here and fighting here for a while at a gym. And I fought him on Rebellion twice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Sai. <laughs> Yeah, they're good shows, man. Red Scooter, that's the one. 
<laughs> town hall, yep. Yep. Yeah, nah, so I've fought, uh, I think I've had 10 fights on rebellions over the years. Um, that's how I got my fight name, yeah. So I gave me my moniker just because uh, basically I had a, a few really good fights on rebellion over the years and I kind of became a staple of the card in the early days. Yeah, and yeah, and so I goes, ah, oh, Roy, well, you're the rebel, the rebellion rebel, you know. Oh, yeah, there you go. And it stuck. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The rebel. I'm not really a rebel. Like, it doesn't really fit my personality, but it uh, it the, the way it's attached to my fight career is, uh, you know, very iconic, I feel. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I feel like um, they've got such an advantage because of, yeah, like the way that they approach fighting is different, you know, like, it's like when you and I go to uh, work, right, you don't think about, you don't put pressure on yourself at work, you don't think about it, it's a second nature, you can do it while you're listening to music, you know, what, depending on what you do, obviously, but tyres just go to work, man. <laughs> They just—it's th- their second nature, you know. Like the way that they train, how much they train, yeah. how young they start—they've just got such an advantage over a lot of other Western fighters because, yeah, in Thailand, yeah, yeah. Yes, we—I think we were—we were either fifteen or sixteen, yeah. And um, I think we were 16 turning 17 that year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember that fight too, man. He, he, you know, 16-year-old Toby fighting a fully grown man. <laughs> yeah, he had a beard and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he was training out of Khao Samrit, which is where Blair was sending all his fighters yeah. that went to Thailand. He was sending them to that gym at the time. No, I'm not too sure, actually. Um, I think Blair just did a bit of research and kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, they obviously spoke to them over the internet before anyone went over there and they gave a green light and we went... Yeah, yes. Yeah, I have. So. Drum in a band, AFL, Muay Thai, Karate. Wow, this kid's done a fair bit, and he's only 29. After the break, we find out more about the Rebels' Muay Thai journey. Yeah, I have. So I went that, well, the time we met, I was there for a month. Um, but I never fought that time. I just trained and then fought when I came back. And I went again when I was 19. 
for two months this time. Yeah, man. Seven hours a day. So three hours in the morning, four in the Arvo. And you have a nap between. between yeah. You have to, man. You have to. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, I reckon. Uh, so every morning at Kalsamri, it was a 10K run. Just Yeah, six days a week. So 60Ks a week. Yeah. That's why their legs are so big, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, training there, uh, man, it was it was awesome. It was a good experience. We we you know at Cowson Rit, I I can only speak of Cowson Rit experience. Um, but they were quite kind of funny about who they let train. You know, there was two sections to it. There was a front section. Uh, w- all the foreigners kind of trained there. And it wasn't like the they were, you know, no skill kind of thing. Like, first time I went, because I never fought, I trained it out the front. Uh, and they were grueling sessions, man. You know, all the foreigners used to spar each other. Yeah. All the p- pad holders would tie. Yeah. And they would teach you their little tricks and stuff and yeah. put you through your paces. Yeah. But then you had the back section, which was like dark, stinky, dingy den, man. And it was like, it was like fucking... The bags were all worn and like holes in them, but that that was where all the tires trained. And Toby, because he fought at the time, he got to train down there with the tires. And really, that's how a lot of foreigners that do train in Thailand get so good, because they train with the tires that have lived there for so long. Because that was the first time I met you. You were just training off your mates, come back home. Yeah. Did you fight after that? Did you come home or? Uh, yeah. 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 I, I think um the first time like it was a very eye-opening experience, but one month wasn't enough to like. I got fit. I got very fit. Yeah, yeah. I I was like already on weight and stuff, but I think you'd really need to spend like at least two three months there, even longer ideally. To really gain like some skill benefits wise, skills you know like the the kind of little tricks that tires can get you with that everyone looks at in a fight and they go fuck how do you do that? When you're there for a two month plus period training with them every day, they teach you. Yeah, yep, yeah. So when I was 19, I came back for two months and then. Um, so we train, we do a six week camp here, mm-hmm. but it's very intense. We try and fit in as much as ties do in, you know, yeah, the, we try and fit that in six weeks cause we can only do three hour days here yeah. and they do seven hour days. Yeah. So two weeks over there is a month here. Yeah. yeah. So I did about four weeks there, got very fit. And then I fought at Lumpini stadium, the, the old one, the old one before it got, before it got demolished. Man, I um, 
I've never had a fighting experience like that. Like every experience I've had, I've fought in Ireland, I've fought in every state in yeah. Australia, and um, nothing compared to Lumpini. You know, in Lumpini, the crowd is so loud in during the rounds yeah. that you can't hear the instructions from your corner. So you really, really have to listen in those two minutes you get in your corner to what they want you to do and how you have to win that fight and you have to go out there and remember it while you're getting, you know, fighting, you're getting smashed or whatever. And um, like that to me was wicked because it added another layer of like, oh my God, I couldn't hear his corner. He can't normally hear the crowd's loud, but you can hear Blair over the crowd. Yeah, yeah. But the but the corners in Lumpini have to they're not allowed to be ringside. They have to go they're like five meters away in this like a little pen. Really? Yeah, like well at the old Lumpini anyway, it's like yeah. a little section where they can stand. Yeah. They're in the crowd, man. <laughs> and then they rush you know, between rounds they rush over and give you your water and your instructions yeah. and Yeah, so that to me was a cool aspect of like fighting in Lumpini, you know. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, so that was against a Chinese guy who was training at Sassy Proper Gym. Okay, yeah. I think his name was Jiao or something. Yeah. Uh, Chow or Jiao. Yeah, that was five rounds, oh, five threes. Yeah, yeah. Threes? every fight in Thailand's five and threes. Yeah, so in round four, I remember landing the wicked head kick, and I yeah. rocked him badly on the ropes, and then I tried to finish him, but got all excited and missed my punch. <laughs> so, like, I think, the you know, lo- that that was crazy because I landed that head kick and a lot of the gamblers would have been, you know, maybe had money on me winning by knockout and, yeah. you know, got all crazy and excited and a lot of people would have started to put money on me winning by KO quickly and and obviously I missed out. But, um, yeah, I think, like, if you have a big fourth round in Thailand, you, you kind of seal the deal. Yeah. And that was a big fourth round for me, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. I was trying to <laughs> land elbows and punches and everything, but, yeah. Ah, yeah. 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 That's a side effect of the aggression, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you walk into a few elbows. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep, it's time. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, um, you know, fighting for 11 years, 12 years, and um, loved every moment of it, you know. But I feel like um, the point that I'm at now, Muay Thai-wise, th- there's a couple of factors that have gone into this. Um, the point that I'm at Muay Thai-wise... Yeah. Um, and life-wise, the, they're kind of intersecting at the moment. Um, it just makes it really difficult. So everything that's going on, I've built. A, I've just built a house. I've been married in the last like couple of years. Uh, just you know, shout out to my girl. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, just just a couple of big life events that have made training. I could still do it. It's just a little bit more difficult to do it to the level that I need to at after 65 fights. And, you know, like, I could definitely take a step back in a lot of things in life and go full steam ahead with the fighting. But it 
would take me at this point a lot of sacrifice now yeah. to try and turn it around and do that. Yeah. And um, not uh, sorry, not not only that, but um, you know we've got um, a lot of young fighters that are coming up through the ranks now. Yeah. 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 That that's like another factor into why I've decided to, you know, retire from fighting. I'm still gonna be involved in the sport just as much. If if not even if not even more. You know, because Blair's taken a step back mm-hmm. from head coach role yeah. and he wants me to step in full time to be full coach. So yeah, Um No, not so much with me, you know. Uh you know, I've been blessed to like to not get hit too much and never really had yeah, just a couple of elbows, just for the insurance payout, you know. <laughs> but um, nah, you know, like, I I've luckily, I've never kind of had issues with the brain or had my head or any. I uh, two, two, yeah. Nah, nah, yeah, yeah, nah, never had that. So nah, like um, health, health, yeah, nah, I've been, I've been lucky, um. Health-wise, you know, I don't... Health-wise, it hasn't come into play at all, as into my decision. Um, I just feel like now is definitely the time... You know, I'm, I'm going into that next phase of my life where instead of being the one that's learning and instead of being the one that's kind of like reaping the benefits from my trainers, now I want to go into that role where I'm teaching people and giving other young guys the the... Uh, ability to do what I did when I was, you know, 20 to 30, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, like I, I feel like a lot of fighters do kind of get to that point where they finish up and then if they don't do something else, they always come back and they try and have another fight. And I'm, you know, like I never, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that once I say something, once I'm going to do something, I'm not, you know, once I retire, that. That's me done. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, I suppose that's what you, when you make a decision, that you use that philosophy in life is um, you make, you make a decision. You yeah. Decision yeah. You, you make your you bed, you lie in it. You don't, you lie in it. You don't go back and forth. Oh, well, I should have made that decision. I think, I think people that you know, like some fighters that might come back and have a, ret- a fight after their retirement fight, is because they never put any proper thought or direction into their retirement. Yeah. They just done it, <laughs> and. And then they kind of were like, oh, what, what now, what now? Oh, I might as well fight again. Yeah. Whereas with me, I've, I've, you know, I've got this good plan to go into and I, uh, that I'm excited for. Uh, 
Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, some do. Most do, I think. A lot, a lot don't, but yeah. Yep. Man, they are a diamond. To get a really good pad holder yep. that has the the knowledge. the knowledge of you as a fighter, the knowledge of because you can't just hold pads for everyone the same. Exactly. All fighters are different, man. And um, a good pad holder will recognize a good, like what style a fighter is, yeah. and that will hold pads accordingly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like trying to find a good pad holder is really hard. That's why, like, pad holding is just a, as a important skill as learning how to throw a kick and punch. Yeah, it is a skill. Honestly, because yeah. if you if you get a good pad holder, man, I'm I'm telling you, like, hold them down <laughs> because they're hard to find. Um, uh, yeah, so we got we got a lot of really good pad holders at the gym. Like, like the good fighters just have their pad holders as well. Yeah, yeah, yep. We got Blair, Clint. So my main pad holders over the years have been Blair, Clint, and recently Sam Ballantyne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Sam. He's he's a wicked pad holder. Very different style to how. Blair and Clint hold, and those two, even to get, you know, when compared, are so different. But each has their own unique way of holding that helps you in a fight, yeah. because it, Blair's kind of the pad holder that just 100% the full time, he'll get you so fit, whereas Clint, he'll throw combos, like, fight combos back at you, and it gets you good, gets you good at defending, and Sam will kind of be a, a mixture of the two. Yeah, yeah so it's good to go with all of them we do you know circle work so there'll be five of us fighting and there'll be five paddles mm -hmm. and we'll do seven rounds so and you just move from pad holder to pad holder yeah 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 one minute break yep 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 Yeah, I've got I've got a lot of good role models and a, go, a lot of good figures to, you know, learn from and emulate and you know, just basically try and aspire to be what they were to me to the to the young guys now. Yep. Yep. Um. So this is. Yeah, so we so th we've got a bunch of good young fighters from the pit. We've got you know Stefan Lottering, yeah. who he's you know yeah he was the WBC Australian champion, and yeah. um, seventy six I think yeah so that's like what is that super middleweight, super middleweight something yeah. like that yeah um yeah so seventy six kilos um. Yeah, so Stefan, we've got um, Kean, Lockheed. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be... <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to... Just before I go out, you know, that's half the reason why I'm retiring, so he'll never get to throw me around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah, nah, Kean's going to be a really good um, long-range fighter, you know, going to be a really good knee fighter. Um, 
so we've got him coming up. He's he's game man. He he just wants to fight everyone and just improve. Uh sixty one ish around that. Well, he's taller than me. And yeah, he walks around at about sixty five, I think. About seventy four. Yeah, so I used to fight at 65, 63 and a half, but, you know, I, I used to walk around between 72 and 70. I've been lucky enough to, but the way I look at it, right, if a lot of people would look and they go, oh, you're so lucky, you get to, you, you, you get to be a full-time trainer and all that. I'm like, bro, I'm not lucky. <laughs> I've worked for 12 years. <laughs> yeah. I viewed it as a very long and rewarding apprenticeship. Yeah. That. Now I'll get to reap the rewards, you know. I've trained at, uh, lucky enough to train at such a prestigious gym like The Pit and have Blair and, you know, the the guys at Synergy kind of become like family. And, yeah. and Man, extend, ex extended family. We've got Spagsy. We've got, you know, the, all, all the boxing boys that fight, you know. Yeah. It's such a good environment. The Synergy Gym in Canningvale, Western Australia. Blair and Spags, great mentors. It is a great family. And yes, it's my extended family. After the break, we find out what's happening to Roy after retirement. All right, and welcome back. So, where we left off with Roy, I think um, we, 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 we got to know his career. We were talking about what his thoughts were um, for his retirement, you know, coaching and everything. But you know what? We've got Roy right here now. Hello. Okay. Let's give a striking welcome to Roy, the Rebel Wills. <laughs> Going on, boys? How are you? Good, Roy boy, mate. What a story, eh? Fucking hell. One of the, obviously one of the most prolific names in the, uh, in the Australian Muay Thai industry. Been around for a long time. You and Toby grew up together and, you know, obviously you guys are synonymous with each other in the legendary pit. But uh, just, mate, so you've just come off your retirement fight with Barry Oliver. How long ago was that again? Because that, that interview was, um, that interview was probably about think... maybe two weeks before um, your uh, fight. Yeah, so I think our first interview was about eight weeks ago and the fight was roughly seven-ish weeks ago. So, And yeah. uh, all went to plan, my man. Everything came out yeah, on top. Yeah. You mate got the chockies. How yeah, no, I did. Uh, went dead right plan. Um, couldn't have scripted it really better. Yeah, got the got the KO in round one and um, round one. I, yeah, but I mean, by all accounts, I fought him twice before, and both times went the distance. Um, Barry's real tough dude, as tough as they come, man. I, I don't think he's ever been dropped before this, so um, I, I fully expected it to go five rounds. But yeah, just landed a good elbow in round one, and that was it. So um, you got you. You got uh, your fiftieth win, so the OCD didn't. You didn't have to go back to Thailand to uh, yeah. to fight that to go to a, to a bar fight, nor fight a taxi driver. 
Yeah, yeah, because uh, I 100% would have done that. that <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like Wayne Parr at the moment, eh? I think he's stuck on 99 wins. On his... Yeah, uh, yeah, he is, eh? He is. That's what he's trying to do, get that 100th win. So just uh, just run us through the locker room, obviously. You've been there 50 or whatever, 70 odd times before. Was it different at all? Did it have a different stigma to it? Like, I need, I seen some beautiful photos with Blair and that, you know, like, obviously the last putting of the Moncon and things like that. Like, what, did it feel any different or was it just another day in the office? Um, that's a good question. I Like, at the start, when I got there and we'll kind of just get, you know, prepping for the fight, um, it, w- it was pretty standard, you know. Like, we had a, cu- we had a few guys on before, um, as, as per usual, you know. We had, like, three or four fighters on before me as well. So, um, leading up to that, kind of all felt normal. But um, it was right up at the end there where... Um, you know, Blair started putting the Mong Kong on and he put my, um, my armband on and all that. That was when, um, you know, Blair started t- kind of saying a couple of comments like, oh, last time we're putting this on for Roy, you know, and everyone gathered around and had a big clap and congratulated me and all that. So I think um, once Blair kind of said that and and uh, it, it went on, the Mong Kong went on, I think then I was like, oh, this is cool, you know, but not in a, you know, sad way or anything. It was just like, well, you know, Last time when we ever happened, I, re- I remember the first time very clearly that it happened. So just a cool full circle kind of moment. Yeah, mate, great memory to have and to cherish. And, you know, you couldn't have it with someone a bit a bit more, uh, you know, like not as rough. But <laughs> Big Blair would have been going, no, yeah, come on, mate. You're going to go on there. Like, <laughs> you know, but that's the way it's always been. It obviously wouldn't have been like a, a real um, beautiful, <laughs> cherishable moment in the in any wrong aspect. But it was just a bit of a... A bit of a rev up, I'm guessing, from from old Blairy. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? Blair, uh, kind of Blair was uh, Blair was um, Blair was actually the one that made the first comment, saying, "Oh, this feels weird. This feels weird." You know? Oh, like, so he did. He got a bit. He got a bit sentimental, around. did he? Yeah, he did a little bit. Yeah, yeah. he did. <laughs> uh, see, maybe I've so read character. the book all wrong. He's a big softy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, as we touched on, it um, it all went to plan. Uh, Lovely, yeah. was it elbow you caught him with? It was the elbow, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so my first experience with you was actually we fought on the same card together at Pride and Glory in Mackay when you caught um, Daddy Cool with the elbow. Oh, uh, yeah. And I think, well, I was just looking at that and I was thinking, fuck, you know, like, obviously that was a, a pretty prolific moment in your career. And I think, I think yeah. I've heard you talk about it before, how, you, you know, that was one of the best scalps that you took. Mm. Yeah. And, was it the same up elbow? Um, it was um, no. So with uh, Daddy Cool, that elbow was a, oh, like a little a bit stepping, of a in, stepping down. down that's elbow. right. Yeah. Yeah, and then with Barry, it was the over the guard. Over the guard. Uh, kind of elbow. Like and that. as a as a fighter, is it you always been about that sock life, or was it just you? Obviously, you're you're really well renowned for having some of the quickest kicks in the game, but you seem yeah. to be fucking catching souls and murdering lips with the elbows. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, when the elbows present themselves, I'll, I'll take that opportunity. You know, so yeah. I um I, I do love throwing the elbows on pads, and that. I feel like they are one of my strongest weapons. But uh, as you said, like because I'm I do favour my kicks a lot. I a lot of the times I didn't really find an opportunity um for the elbow. But like you know, I've had a few stoppages with elbows um and dropped a lot of people with elbows as well. So um I've cut I've cut a few people um like had. Obviously, been cut a few times myself, yeah. but that goes with the danger of 
throwing elbows, you know. As I, as I, as I called them, the pit tattoos, those, uh, those scars, yeah. just, above, just below the eyes there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so obviously now you're into, you've sailed off into the sunset, into retirement. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just speaking about elbows, actually. I just seen a video the other day, well, a couple of days ago, holding pads for fucking Big Al Husk, and he slipped an elbow straight through and, and got you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, <mate>. luckily, <laughs> you've got a headache. Oh, mate, I saw, I just saw the video and my, my fucking jaw dropped. I went, oh, no, because he's a fucking, like, a bull in a china shop at the best of times, you know what I mean? It goes, fucking goes 100%. off. And I was like, fucking yeah. hell, man. And you just, obviously, the initial reaction was, like, what the fuck is happening? But you wore it like a champion, you know? <laughs> Taking a 100 kilo elbow is oh, a bit man. different to a 65. With um, holding hold pads for Big Boy the last like three or four weeks, um, obviously he's got his fight coming up this weekend, and um, yeah, um, he um, he has very clean style, especially for a, one of bigger fighters. But a lot of the time, um, you know, like he, he he likes throwing that kind of flowing kind of like one technique will flow into another, and he'll get closer and closer and end up throwing an elbow. And a lot of the time, I don't call for it. But I can kind of see where he's going to be going. Yeah. And I'll catch most of his stuff. Yeah. And uh, someone just happened to be videoing that. That's a small clip of just a full round. Yeah. That Probably a 15 minute round time. knowing him too. <laughs> yeah. Just what? No breaks. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, just into it. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, uh, but yeah, he, he just stepped forward and threw a little short elbow. I came forward thinking he might have, he might be throwing a knee. And uh, yeah. Luckily, the, it glanced off the side here, but um, you know, I, I do expect I'll probably get cut again at some point by someone holding pads. So, <laughs> uh, so now you've retired from fighting. I mean, how's that transition been? I mean, look, you, you're still around. You're still around the fighters. You're still you're coaching. Um, how's that transition? Uh, and also, have you you've you've quit painting full full time now? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, giving up the painting. Um, which, you know, look, I, I won't lie, man, painting um, was great for me, you know, like it served a great purpose, <clears throat> allowed me to fight, um, you know, train regularly. My boss was great, Dave Smith, shout out to him, man. He's an absolute legend, you know. Um, it, it's a testament because every every person that comes to work, work for that company, they, you know, had nothing but good things to say. Real good bunch of boys there, so, um, but yeah, no, I um, get, I've given that up now, and and I'm at the gym full time. That that transition from I, I was basically there all the time anyway. Yeah. Um, and like I kind of had in those last few fights, like slipped into like a half coaching, not coaching, but a, like a half mentor kind of like support role for the younger fighters coming up anyway. Yeah. Um, and then you know Blair Blair was speaking about um taking a step back for a long time as well. We just kind of had to find the right moment to do it during this, um, you know, the COVID bullshit that's yeah. going on. So yeah. um, <laughs> anyway, that finally happened. And so that transition for me was like super seamless, you know, like I was already there. I was already kind of mentor role for the guys and girls that are training and fighting out of our gym. Um, and now it's just full time for me. So beautiful. So it was you know, a nice, I'm, I'm easy, natural stoked. evolution from, from fighting exactly, into coaching. Yeah. So, because yeah. we see a lot of people, 
like myself personally, like I, me and you, are, uh, obviously not similar in the fight game, but in the, what you were saying with Blair taking a step back, like Donnie's starting to take a bit of a step back. You know, the the boys are getting a bit older and things like that. And yeah, see, you obviously world renowned as a great fighter. Um, a lot of people can be great fighters and can't be great coaches. It's just not part of the thing. Mm. You have already come through, and you know, like people are uh, speaking volumes about how much of a great, as you were saying, mentor and coach you are. Me, only just you know, probably not that good of a fighter, but becoming a good coach. But it's just interesting yeah, to see, yeah. you know what I mean? Like some of the best people, fighters in the world, like um, we, we, we spoke with Don about it, how he had for so long he would only hold pads for his fighters and things like that. And then if he, if he chucked Mike 300 a set of pads, he wouldn't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. but like, so for you, this going into the coaching role is, it's obviously, Muay Thai is obviously something you're very passionate about, but are you actually enjoying the coaching aspect of it now? Yeah, you know, well, um, like, I kind of knew, like, even when I was fighting, you know, like five, six, whatever, six, seven years ago, I always knew, like, I wanted, I really enjoy co uh, fighting and I love, like, the community and the sport. Uh, even if I wasn't naturally good at coaching, which I still don't really know, I haven't, you know, had been tested enough as a coach to know if I'm, like, really, really good at it, but um, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it at the moment, you know, that it's, gives that same kind of sense of accomplishment yeah. that fighting did for me, you know, like... So you've, now you've got an ambition on, on the other side of the ropes that you want to be represented by your your students and they're yes. taking on, you know, that, that's the rebel way or, you know, that's the pit way continuing on through the through the lineage. Yeah, so it's just, nah, for sure. Um, I think that's like very, very exciting for me as well is like um, the possibility to kind of like train these guys you know like a lot of the guys all, all the guys out of the gym at the moment started with Blair and Blair's still there basically full-time with the fighters and you know he's um always at the gym still so that his influence is very much still there and you know even if there's a, a moment in time where Blair kind of you know I think eventually he wants to live half half here half in Thailand you know so I think when that happens um you know like I want to. I want to keep that influence of like Blair and the pit style there, you know, throughout the whole thing. But also at the same time, I think what's exciting is the, my ability to imprint a little bit of like my style that I thought like onto the new guys coming through. Um, and you know, like even um, the last fight show that just happened, domination um, with Kean versus Zach Ineson as the main event. Um, Keen and I went through, like, his his whole camp, that whole camp was my first six weeks as a coach. Oh, nice. Um, Full-time. Yeah, so I worked closely with everyone that fought on that card. Um, basically, was doing PTs with a couple of them, um, you know, that one-on-one -on -one kind of tactic time, which um, Blair never, never really had to do with any of us um, before, you know. It was just kind of, like, hit yeah. style. And we all did it, and it worked very well. Um, and... I'm sure it would have worked well and it will still work well for the future and I'll never ever change that. But also to try and like working close with Kian, um, especially, and then seeing that those tactics come out in the fight was just real cool. Yeah. I've always, I've always thought, um, known you as a cer cerebral fighter, a thinking, a thinking mm. man's fighter, always, always thinking. So yeah, look, I mean, you're just been passing that on to, um, so you've got the hardness of the pit. And the cerebral um, knowledge of, of, of Roy Wills, man, that's a great combination. That's an awesome combination. Yeah, no, I guess, I guess it's like that. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, 
Um, I guess that's what I, I am trying to do. Yeah, mm. exactly. No, well, that's mate. I can see this. Uh, so like, we just call that the hard ass moi for me, <laughs> moi female for me, whatever they say. But yeah, like Bundy was saying. Yeah, the the fighters. I mean, you got you got you got a couple of good fighters out of that gym at the moment. You know, Moo, Kian, uh, the big fella, uh, the Viking, the big Viking, Al. So, um, who's fighting in the next card? Then we've we got a we, obviously we've got a fight this weekend. Who's fighting from the gym yes. this weekend? Uh, so just big boy Alex um, on this one. Um, so and it's full time rule show. Yeah, yeah? Muay Thai Grand Prix. Muay Thai Grand Prix. Yes, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. Good promotion. That's with Gav Fuller, yeah? Yes, Gav and Darius. Ah, um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Our girl Tiff was one. supposed to be on that as well, but she had a bit of a, an unfortunate injury. to ruled her out of the four-woman eliminator as well, which is a shame, but she'll be back soon enough. Yeah, yeah that's a cool concept they've got going on there, the four-woman the four -woman tournament. Yeah, it's good, man. Like, like I say, a lot of the time... Now, I'm, like I'm saying the same thing as a coaching way, I mean, I fucking I way prefer coaching girls at the moment than the blokes because the girls don't suck, man. The girls just get in and get it done and, you know, do the hard yards. For sure, yeah. <laughs> do you have any girls coming out of that out of the pit? Yeah, so Alexia Johnson, she just fought out of our gym on domination. And um, we've got Kiri um, down there at the moment as well, who, you know, she's um, quite, you know, I don't know how many exact, exactly how many fights she's had, but man, she's great, like wicked skills, you know. Yeah, she took um, out one so of the girls that was training here as well. Um, used to train with you guys, Emma. I think that might have been the oh, last yes. time they fought. Emma Graham. Emma yeah. Graham. That was a yeah. wicked fight, man. That was a, it was a good fight to watch. Kiri, yeah, yeah. Kiri went with the style and Emma went with the and the style <laughs> come out on top. <laughs> I think Kiri, Kiri came on, out on top that fight, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite, quite yeah. convincingly in the end, it just, um, just yeah, outstyled her. But it was a great fight. It was, a, it was a lovely fight to watch, and I'm pretty sure it was the main event of the of the Root Show. So another good, you know, yeah. stepping stone for the women's Muay Thai. So any yeah. any young fighters that we that you know up and coming, you see a bit of a young, bit of young Roy in any of the any of the young people coming through the through the pit at the moment. You were talking about like in our <laughs> interview, you were talking about Kian. Um, he's an up and coming. He's he's the one to watch. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got, um, we've, you know, like every gym goes through a period where they go through a bit of a rebuild, I feel. Um, you know, you've got like what, how we say in our gym, it's like iron sharpens iron, you know. So when you've yes. got, yeah, 100%. You, when you've got a group of four to five really good guys that are all similar level and they're all pushing each other during training, they'll all rise together yeah. um, as, you know, good fighters. Um, and what happens is, well, what happened was um, a lot of those guys that kind of come up when I was, you know, um, six, seven years into fighting Muay Thai, that made me like how kind of helped me get to the level I did. When they all dropped off, I obviously continued fighting. Um, Toby was in Thailand for a bit and then came back and, and stayed and helped out. But the quality kind of around the top guys at our gym fell off a bit. Yeah. And, all we, and, and then that was when um, Kean started. Little uh, Michael Herps, he started. And um, we have we went through like a two or three year rebuild. And now I've kind of taken, you know, I've obviously gone into the coaching role, but we've got now like a really good three or four years solid kind of like um, invested with like five guys. Mm. Like Kean, uh, Leo, they're the two title holders yep. um, that won on domination. So, yeah. Kean's got a massive bright future. Um, when, when, once the borders open up, there's so yeah. many possibilities. 
for fights for him. Um, obviously, other guys that want to challenge him for his title eventually and all that. Um, we've got Leo as well, who um, yeah. he's just stamped himself as best in WA. Yeah. So again, once the borders open, you know, maybe fight for an Aussie title there. Um, and also recently, we've had Tyler Hardcastle, and um, yeah, he, he's moved from Riddlers to our gym, so oh, he's had 38 fights and four on one and all that stuff. Yeah. So well, you're poaching fighters now, right, Roy? Are you poaching fighters now? You become a coach now? You just poaching uh, all the fighters in Perth? Right. No, 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 no. I've got no nets, man. I've got no nets. <laughs> sorry, sorry, buddy, Jacob. I'll cut that bit out. But you were, something you touched on, which I'm like going through here as well, is the importance of teamwork in Muay Thai. People don't understand what I say when I, when, what I mean when I say that. Is, mm. yeah, you're, you're fighting, yeah? It's, it, everyone carries on about, oh, it's a lonely sport, it's a lonely sport. Yeah, that's true. But for, to me, what I try to say to everyone is the importance of the team dictates what you become as a fighter because if you don't have a pad holder, if you don't have people to spar with, if you don't have people to clinch with, you're going to be fuck all of a fighter, aren't you? You need to have yeah, a great exactly. teamwork, you know, and like what you're saying now is rebuilding the team is it's, you know, and, and I can't wait to see what happens with the young kids coming through under your knowledge, but mm. the importance of teamwork in Muay Thai is so underrated and people, you know, yeah. like you say, the, the, the narrative is always, oh, boxing or whatever it is. It's, oh, it's such a lonely sport. It's such a lonely sport. Yeah, there might be the odd occasion where you're out running by yourself or something like that, but nine times out of ten, you've got someone right there beside you. Or, you know, yeah. you, you, it is, it's a lot of sacrifice, but there's also usually people there with you helping you out. Exactly, man. It, it, um, that, and I feel like that's why, like, most gyms you go to, like, I say most, to some, some are different, obviously, but, you know, like, most gyms that you go to have a really tight-knit family-based yeah. community, you know, yeah. like it feels like a family. And I know for a fact that the pit and even Synergy Gym, like the, the boxing side of our gym, yeah. we're there together every day. We say hi together every day. We have little chats every day. Um, and like, it honestly, it's like just going to a gym to train, but you're there with all your really good mates or family. Um, and, you know, it's so good when you look at it like that as well, because if you're having a shit day, and your teammates there going bashing the fuck out of you. You know, if, if they're not a friend, right, they're going to be hurt, trying to hurt you. Yes. But in a gym where it's tight-knit and family, yeah. they're going to go, hey, man, like, everything all good? Like, man, I think, like, maybe you should slow down today and work on your defense or, you know, they'll, you know, it's that, that ability to chat to each other and then bring each other up when you're not maybe feeling the best or whatever is what makes a good fighter. Exactly. And then if so you the, can just do that with like four or five, six, even more, 10 plus two. Teamwork makes the dream work, eh? <laughs> makes the dream work. Exactly, man. Yeah. Mate, it's been a fucking awesome just to catch up again, Roy. Um, no, for sure, bro. Man, sure. you've got so much knowledge, man. You know what you should do? I reckon it's a good idea that you do a podcast. Hey, <laughs> 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 watch this space. <laughs> but, oi. I'm going to put you on the spot here. What about if you become our WA correspondent? Um, you report on, we ask you questions, what's going on in the gym at the pit, ask you questions, you know, the fight, the promotions that are coming up in WA. What about that? You reckon you could uh, ha help us out there, the Striker Chat podcast? Yeah, absolutely, man. No, I'd love to. I, um, I love keeping updated with the, you know, the nationwide, the, the national scene of Muay Thai, even, even though not much is happening at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, like WA has been one of the lucky ones where we're still having semi-regular semi -regular shows, you know, that aren't getting cancelled and all this. So, um, yeah, I'd love to keep you guys updated on, on our end of things.
And if we have any uh, breaking news, you know, if you're coming out of retirement or anything, you keep that keep that for the boys here on the Striker Chat podcast, all right? Use a bit of first to name. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, mate. Um, just like to say, bro, thank you so much for taking the time out of the day. Like, I'm sure you've got to get back into the gym now and yeah. and crack some crack some skulls. But uh, just from us, mate, really appreciate you taking the time and having a yarn with us and for letting everyone out there get to know you. Uh, legends, cheers for having me on, boys. Nah. And I uh, look forward to our future work. Thank you very much, Roy. You have a good one. Uh, give my love to the boys. Give my love to Spags and the boys at, uh, at Synergy. Absolutely, man. We'll do. No worries, mate. Catch you later. Don't go yet, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Well, that was good. Thanks for joining us on Striker Chat. Make sure you like, subscribe and leave a review on Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud. You can also catch us on Instagram and Facebook. Until next week, Nakmoys, have a good one. I've seen so many good fighters over the years get a missus, man, and then fucking quit. It's like good fighters, man. I'm just like... Oh my god, I'm gritting my teeth, man, because. Hey, not, 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 man. <laughs> no, no, it's not a fault. It's not a fault with women or the men for a female fighter. It's a fault with priority, and and it's a fault with your um determination to what you want to do in a fight game. You know, I've seen so many good fighters give it up because they've had a significant other who's been dating them for six months complain that they're not seeing them enough. It's like, did you not warn them? To me, right, when I've had two partners, serious partners, in my, over my Muay Thai career, and Muay Thai started before both of them. And the first thing that I said to both of them when I first got with them was, I do Muay Thai, I train five days a week, three hour sessions, I fight, I'm usually sore. I'm ne- I'm never angry, yeah. but just be just be known. Just let it. I want you to know. Yeah, don't and don't ever make me fucking choose. Okay, <laughs> but and look, I, this is what I always say, man. A good girl would never make you choose. The right girl would never make you choose. So um, just shit like that, man. Is. Yeah.